podcast in board games. I am Mark Santa-Steven, joined by David Lindsay. Hello. Welcome, Dave. Um, how's it going? It's going good. That's great. Um, you just had Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, I, my intestines are feeling it. I gotta be honest <laughs> Already. <with you. laughs> it's been like 30 minutes. It's been 30 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Um, I love Taco Bell. I have no regrets. I mean, it was delicious. I love Taco Bell with my whole heart. Um, I also had tacos today, and I'm also feeling it because um, my wife made tacos. My philosophy when it comes to eating tacos is you're done eating tacos when they're gone. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't. You shouldn't keep leftovers. No, no. There's no leftover taco. You don't go back to tacos. No, no. It's, I mean, you can. It's not great. I'll tell you what. For like homemade tacos, I used to destroy some like just like straight up like taco kit tacos. Yes. And oh, I yeah. just I can't do it at home for it for whatever reason. Anymore. Really? Yeah. Like I'll I'll you know I don't know if like three tacos is still considered like too many tacos but <laughs> but i'm not packing it away like i used to that's that's for sure bro i had like nine tacos just now not just now like a couple hours ago yeah two that, hours ago, that puts maybe. me to shame yeah i was just like i mean there's taco shells there's soft taco shells and yeah. there's taco meat and you're just going until one of them runs out yeah now my problem is sometimes i double up right so like Melt a little cheese on a soft taco, wrap it around a hard shell, and you know for the that for the sounds hour. good. It's it's pretty good, but I guess it fills it up quicker because you get like yeah extra shell. Yeah, so. see, like the the issue with tacos for me is like there is no f- like filling up option. <laughs> it's like yes, you are filled up, but there are still more tacos. Well, you got to clean eat. out the yeah the, you the meat. you can't stop until they're gone. Um, do you so. go just straight like, uh, like beef, beef tacos yeah. or, okay. Yeah. My wife does a couple, she does several different kinds. She does a ground beef. That's just like pretty standard fare mm. tacos. What you think of when you think of tacos, she does a shredded beef okay. taco. Um, that's really good. Um, and, um, she did a, like a, like a pulled pork taco last week that was also good um i prefer like both of the beef ones but the the pulled pork one was was good um so yeah tacos are like a pretty regular thing yeah like at least every other week maybe every week oh yeah i think it's usually like once a week in in my house yeah now we do we usually actually use ground turkey okay it's a little healthier i guess is the okay reasoning behind that like we kind of like switched over that while a while ago and um, it's good. I'm into it, but at the same time, it's like sometimes I just want like yeah greasy beef taco. Oh yeah. And, uh, we don't usually have have the beef in in my house. So do your kids um, eat tacos? They do. Yeah, my son. It's one of his favorite things. Okay. My, nice. My daughter's. Uh, I don't know. She says she doesn't like them, but she always eats them. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, right. <laughs> um. Uh. My son eats tacos with me when we, he just, he ate, ate two of them today. Um, that's a good amount for him food wise. Like he was, he was making it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that's good. Uh, we bought him. We went. You and I went to Taco Bell the one time a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, before working on a podcast, and he went with us. Yeah. We bought him a taco. Didn't touch it. Shame. He's like, we're like, dude. I'm like, dude. Do you want a taco? He's like, yeah, I have a taco. I love tacos. Get him a taco. Bring it home. He's like, I don't want this. <laughs> Just didn't even touch it. <laughs> Fully wrapped in the package, not touched. That's that's my son. Like, uh, we always, you know, we'll go out to eat somewhere. I'm like, oh, what do you want? What do you want to eat? And he's not like a huge eater yeah. to begin with. But um, then he'll be like, I want this, and we're like, okay. So we order that, and same thing. Like, doesn't touch it. Takes like one bite of it. Yeah, and it's done. And I'm like, I'm just gonna stop getting you food. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, you're you're fine. Like, like we usually go out to breakfast, right? And the only thing he really wants is bacon. Sure, that's the only thing I want. Either. I mean, yeah, understandably. But <laughs> I'm like, yeah, eat something else. Yeah, eat something, <laughs> something else besides bacon. And the things I'm trying to give you aren't like, oh, you gotta eat bacon and a salad. It's like you gotta eat, you gotta eat some of that pancake. And totally. It's always like weird as a as a parent, like trying to make sure that your child. Like, you're like, hey, we're not leaving until you eat more of that, right, right. like, sugar bread. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you put some syrup on it, all right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I totally understand that. Um, but my, my son's been eating better lately, which is, is good. My daughter will eat anything. And when I say anything, I mean, like, if you put food in front of her, she'll eat it. And also... If you're not watching her at all times, she is finding any given thing and putting it into her mouth and trying to eat it. Oh, man. So, like, she, I'll see her, like, walking up to me, and there's, like, stuff in her mouth, and she's, like, chewing. I'm, like, what? What is it? What is in your mouth? <laughs> like, no, drop it. I'm, like, drop come it. here. Come here. <laughs> I, like, put my finger in her mouth, and it's, like, who knows? Uh, she walks over to the trash can, too, and she just, like, digs through the trash. She usually just throws it all over the floor, which is great. We love that. Um, <laughs> it's a little game we like to yeah, play. Yeah, it's a fun. It's a blast. Um, but then she'll also be like, oh, like, like uh, what was it? Like, I threw a, a K-cup in there from the Keurig, threw that in there, and she, like, picks it up, and she, like, is biting it. And you can see, like, an outline of her teeth marks and the top of the used K-cup. Oh, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is, go- what is wrong with you? That's so funny because that's always, like, you know, the reason, like, you can't give, like, little kids, you know, small objects and stuff like that because it's always, like, yeah. afraid they're going to, like, put it in their mouth and, like, swallow it, which, like, luckily I never had that issue with my yeah. – like, obviously, like, when they're, like, babies, yeah, they're, like, putting everything in their mouth. But as soon as they're, like, around, like, two years old – yeah. You know, it's like they were playing with Legos and stuff like that, and like probably shouldn't it's give fine. them Legos to play with, but they don't, they don't seem to be putting them in their mouths. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what can you do? Just got to watch them 24-7. Exactly. Can't take your eyes off of them for a minute. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we are – we played uh, the Game of the Thrones. Yes. The game of the Game of Thrones. The game of the Game of Thrones. Yes. Full on a Game of Thrones, the board game, it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And uh, it's another uh, Fantasy Flight. Fantasy game. Flight, the Lords of Licensed Games. Yes. They do a good job. They've, it, it, oh, we've played a bunch of their stuff now. Um, and. I mean, we've at this point we've played four games, 
<laughs> and three of them have been <laughs> right, man, from them. So we need to branch out. But um, but uh, but our we, thing we, was like we want to play. Like the whole reason we're doing this is to like play stuff that we're interested in. Totally. And a lot of the licensed stuff, it just kind of like grabs you right out of the gate. Yes. Um. But yeah, we're. We, you know, we got some other plans, so don't think that this is like a only for a fantasy flight. Fan- fantasy flight getting into the fantasy flight games. Getting podcast. into fantasy, flight uh, yeah. Um, It'll but, branch out. There, there, yeah. There's just a couple heavy hitters we needed to. Yeah. Well, and also like way. we wanted to play it and get this out while the last season is airing. Yes. So currently just started. It just just started. What's today's date? Today's the 18th today's the 18th 17th. yes 17th of april 17th of april it's not the 18th because the 18th is the day that cuphead comes out on switch okay i'm very excited about nice if um, i had a switch i'd be stoked <laughs> i'm super excited played cuphead a lot on it looks like xbox. an amazing game it looks like an amazing game it's impossibly difficult but i did beat it on xbox um, but with Switch, I'm going to be able to two-player it with my son Nice on the Joy-Cons. So this has been your video games minute. <laughs> we'll go back to Game of Thrones. So yeah, we wanted to get it out as the last season is airing. So there has been one episode of the last season of Game of Thrones so far. Um, and we were like, we were talking about it, like we should play this game. We should get some people together, play this game so that we can talk about this game as people are talking about Game of Thrones. Yeah, it seemed like the uh, the appropriate time to play it. Yeah. Season's ending, series is ending, really. Yeah. Um, wrapping up, so um, made sense to, to kind of get in the mode and, mm-hmm. and have some fun. Do you consider yourself a Thrones fan? A Thrones mitten? A throne I... head, <laughs> as they call them. <laughs> Nobody calls them that. <laughs> Um, I they do now. <laughs> yeah, they're going to. I think you just started. It. <laughs> Too bad the show's over. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I am a fan of the show. I've watched all seasons up to now. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't go deep as deep as some people do. Sure. I, I haven't read the books. Um, I know some of the characters' names, but mm-hmm. like the ultra tertiary characters, I probably. Right. Don't know their names, and and, and even some of the ones of that are like deal. more main characters. I, I, you know, if you gave me their name, I'd be like, "Who's this?" But I, I know who they are in context of the story. Right. But right. I just don't necessarily know their names. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I love the show. Um, you know, enjoying it thoroughly. So I'm excited to see what happens mm-hmm. to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I am also a fan of Game of Thrones, the show. Um, I did read the books read them before watching the show. Um, and I probably wouldn't recommend <laughs> reading the books. No? No, it got, like, way too long. Is um, it just there kind of like uh, like a like a hard read, like a boring read? or At a certain point, like, the first, I think, three books, which I, I if I remember correctly, they basically go the first three seasons – kind of line up work out close. that way yeah the first three books were pretty good uh and i enjoyed them a lot and then he like he like crawls the pace uh, okay. at least in my memory it's been a long time now it's been a couple of years it's been probably four years since i read the books um 
and the pace like slows down a lot. And like the last two books that he put out, one was like half of the characters and the other one was the other half of the characters. Uh, So it was like a really weird thing where you're like, you see like what half of them do up to this point. Then you go back in time and do the other half up to this point, and it's just, like, kind of, like, dragging, and... Uh, it's kind of an interesting way to write books, but, like, not really how you want to read. No. Like, when you're like, oh, I kind of, I know all this stuff that's happened already. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, like, the in the two different, like, areas of the world, I think, for the, mostly, okay. is what's happening in the books, anyway. Um, it's kind of like how Lord of the Rings is laid out, the books for the Lord of the Rings. Once the Fellowship splits, um... He, in, like, the two towers, you get, the first half is, um, uh, the, the, the rest of them, Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli chasing down the orcs. And See, I mean, I take the stance, like, there's a movie out for it, oh, so. No, <laughs> Lord of the Rings is different. I, I mean, gotta, I gotta reread Lord of the Rings, like, every so often on a regular basis. For See, I've never read life. it, and, um. Everything I heard was like, it's dry. No. Like, you, way dry. Everyone who said that is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> They're all wrong. No, I, I I don't know if it's not for everybody, but, like, the time that it hit me was, like, very formative, and it, like, really resonated with me, spoke to me, and, like, sucked me in, and, and, and like, illuminated my imagination in a way that, like, nothing had up to that point. And that was before the movies came out for it. Yeah. So I was like, the the pictures in my head were all just stuff that I was creating as right. I read it. You know, I wasn't associating it with things from the movies, you know. Yeah. Um, and also my older brothers were really into it. And so it was like kind of a bonding thing um, as a family. Um it is so. tough to read books that movies have come out for. Sure. Um, because you're there is that association. Yeah. So like you go and read it and when it's different, it throws you off. Like I always feel like it's better to have read the books first and then see the movie because you can appreciate the movie just watching it. Mm-hmm. And like also like your memory of the book is probably gonna be a little fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Um so like, the movie probably matches up with your memory better mm-hmm, versus, totally. like, the other way around while you're reading the book. Like, you can remember a movie, like, yeah. you know, especially if it's one you've seen a lot, you can remember, like, shot for shot in some ways. Totally. And then, like, you're reading it, you're like, this is not what happened, you know? Totally, <laughs> totally. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Lord of the Rings to me is, like, a different different thing. Um, holds a different place in my in my heart and mind. Uh, but well, you Game convinced of Thrones, me. I'll go, I'll go read it. Okay, I've done my job. <laughs> um, but uh, Game of Thrones, like, it was it was good to read at first, and then, like, I got to the middle of it, and I was like, oh, I should probably stop. But I'm, like, almost done. But I wasn't almost done because there's, like, a billion pages. Um, <laughs> but I toughed it out, and I read them all. Um, and then the show, like, is past the books now, right. which everyone knows they're, like, they're breaking new territory, and, um, and so that's fine. I enjoy the show a lot. Um, and uh, it's, I think it does really cool things with characters. You see people go on, um, you know, have, have dramatic transformations to who they were originally and where they end up. And it was also like, you know, at its, in its heyday, it was like no one did like shock 
better than yeah. Game of Thrones ever. Mm-hmm, for sure. Like, just, uh, you would you would watch it and just, like, be in awe of what was happening. Which is funny because it did happen in the books. So, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I knew, like, those big plot points kind of coming up. Well, I remember um, when that, uh, when the Red Wedding happened. Spoilers, by the way, we're, we're not going to not spoil anything. Like, at this point, you're, it's on you. Yeah. I mean, we don't know anything. Like I said, the, the last season, first episode there. Yeah. So we don't know anything. Everything the first we talked about, though, like f- about past seasons, if you don't want spoilers, sorry. Just <laughs> tune that <out> now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Red but Wedding. But the Red Wedding um, was, I remember that there were a lot of people that was like, there was like a whole internet thing. It's like people who read the books were just like yeah. laughing at. Yeah, people uh, who when didn't that episode know. aired, because yeah. like they already knew what was going to happen. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean, in in there were no not a lot of shows where that were um, totally okay with like killing off your favorite characters. I guess maybe The Sopranos. I never watched that show, but I do remember like a lot of it was like. You know, I didn't who's going to go, either. like, who's going to be kicked yeah. off the show. Like, you never knew if you were going to be, like, how long you were going to last into that show, I yeah. guess, as, like, an actor or whatever. Yeah. Um, Tell never me watched it, so I don't your, know, but. Your number one most shocking, like, death or moment in, in Game of Thrones. Hmm. I got mine. I'll go first. Uh, it's definitely, for me, um, Oberyn Martell. Okay. When he fought the mountain. Oof. That he was... beat him. He, like, beat him in the fight. Yeah. He won the fight. Yeah, that He's scene. taunting him. But, like, I saw it coming Yeah. as I was watching it. I yeah. was, like, because he's, like, he's, like, showboating. I'm, like, that, just, I was, like, just finish it. Yeah. Just you, finish it. Don't, it didn't don't happen. keep going. And uh, so when I was like, no, see, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but like, what a disturbing scene. Yeah, like, for real. Just completely messed up. <laughs> He's um, like screaming as his fingers are like gouging into his eyes. Yeah, and like eyeballs like, popping. Ugh. It was, that was awful. Um, that was shocking. But again, like I, because I saw it coming that I think uh, it wasn't as, wasn't as uh, big a shock. I think the Red Wedding probably was the one that, like, really threw me for a loop. Yeah. Because, like, I just didn't see that coming. Yeah, you, like, really think that, like, Rob Stark is, like, the hero. Right. Up to that point. Yeah. He's the guy everyone's rooting for. He's, like, the noble guy. He's doing the right things. He's challenging all the bad people, all the messed up people. Right. Uh, and he's winning. Yeah, he's like a like a solid dude, like you know, like yeah, um, you know, kind of uh, like fighting for his father's name and yeah. and stuff like that, and and for like his family, and then just everyone gets killed. Everyone, <laughs> and you're like, man, what a backstab! Like Yikes. that was uh, that that I think was shocking because I just. I didn't see it coming, and then just for like everybody to yeah to be like wiped out, like that's yeah. what was crazy about it. Yeah, like it wasn't just like a oh we'll just take out this one dude or whoever yeah. you know. It was like killing everybody. Yeah, they're all dead. <laughs> so pretty crazy. Yeah, that I mean that's got to be 
probably like for most people i feel like that's the big but i did like kind of the the um the vengeance on that one with uh with Arya, yeah where she's like after she's like no face and everything Mm -hmm. and uh she takes that dude out and that was that was shocking too that was pretty good i was like oh yeah. <laughs> so uh that was surprising i i appreciated that but yeah it's kind of kind of leads you up to like this last season being like anything's anything's up for grabs anything's up for grabs um it's it's been a little bit weird because it, it did feel in the last couple seasons like the show had a little bit of a different feel compared to what it used to have everyone talks about the way that they handle time and like how it used to take people like whole seasons to travel from one place to another they can do it in like you know like give an eye now yeah and, and all that stuff i think kind of you can it can make sense in the sense that they have to finish this show somehow and mm-hmm. um and like i can accept that even if it feels a little weird but uh um it was weird to think like well we know they're not gonna kill Jon snow again until you know until they get to the end he's, yeah. he's got to make it to the end and like well Daenerys is going to make it to the end like it used to be like you literally had no idea if someone right. was going to die right um but well that's where I thought like opening up this season yeah. I was like first episode like someone's going I'm out. ready for some craziness yeah and same it did not you happen. know did not happen sorry spoilers Nothing crazy <laughs> happened in the first episode. Yeah, uh, I mean, not. I mean, there was some craziness, but nothing like not no, Game of Thrones crazy. No main characters yeah. become deceased in the yeah. <laughs> in the first episode, and and I I understand why they didn't do that because, um, you know, they want to get you. It's been a while since the yeah. last season aired, so they want to kind of get you back into it. Get everyone into it. Get all the characters together. Get them all where they need to be. They want you to like really like the characters again so that when they're taken away from you it hurts hurts. that much more (laughs) um so i understand that but at the same time i was like hey like i am not gonna be surprised if like you know heads are rolling totally you know right out of the gate totally that's what i was expecting um any uh any predictions that you can say right now on the 17th of April, that when this series is over, we can look back and say we were super wrong. Yeah. Any predictions? Going I'll be happy that. to be wrong. I think my prediction is Cersei ends up on the throne. That's a bold prediction. Because I feel like that's the Game of Thrones mm-hmm. way right there. Yeah. It's just, there's going to be, it's going to be maybe, maybe like some character that you like lives in the end. And like, so that's cool, but she's going to be the one on the throne and it's going to be just like, oh, oh, yeah. I'm not satisfied by this. Yeah. Somehow the bad guys win again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that seems to be kind of the theme of the show is just like, everything's awful. And everybody sucks. They don't give you the <laughs> the feel good ending. No, I, I, it doesn't feel like that would be right to give the feel good ending. Yeah, it, it would seem it out be of place. In keeping with the spirit 
of right. what we've experienced so far. I don't I don't think that Cersei will win. I she I'm pretty sure she is going to die. Um my thought on like the feel good ending I think would be that Jon Snow ends up on the throne. Um but the twist to it is I expect that he will have to kill Daenerys mm-hmm. and that she's going to have a flip to become like the mad queen. Right. You know, she's going to, she, something's going to make her kind of go crazy, whether it's like her dragons die or she finds out that John is the rightful heir. And yeah. she's definitely not going to be okay with that. Well, I think in this episode, they, uh, like, I think Sam puts it yeah. the best because he once he tells um john that uh he's the rightful heir Mm -hmm. he's like you you bent the knee for her because it was the right thing to do for your people Mm -hmm. would she do the same no and i'm thinking no absolutely not (laughs) because like she's power hungry now oh yeah and i think that was also reflected by her being like i killed the tarleys Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just kind of like very matter of fact mm-hmm. with it like even though like sam's like a good dude and mm-hmm. like helped uh the other guy grayscale guy for yeah, his name. yeah yeah jorah uh yeah jorah um uh you'd think she'd be like have some kind of compassion like oh i feel yeah. bad but there was like no remorse it was she was like i gave him a chance to bend the knee and they mm-hmm. didn't so <laughs> I, th- I think for me the way that I read that particular moment was she wasn't going to like lead him on about it or like lie about it. She was like, I appreciate what you did. And like, now that I'm just finding out now who you are. Right. And like, just, I'm going to tell you what happened. Yeah. This is what happened. Yeah. These got those guys did not make it. And I'm not sorry about it because I gave him a chance. Mm-hmm but I'm going to respect you enough to just tell you the truth. Yeah. Like right now, you know, to your face, me to you, this is what happened. So I I kind of felt like she was being respectful to him by saying that. Yeah. She did. I mean, it didn't, she didn't come off, I think as like, um, like, Oh yeah. Disrespectful. Like, yeah. Till you, till you killed them. (laughs) But she also didn't seem very like apologetic. No. And Definitely and I not. think that just kind of shows like how she's like power hungry, like she is, that it's more important to her yeah. that people are bending the knee than it, it's super. It for her it is her identity to the core, right? That she is the queen, mm-hmm. um, and that has been her motivation since she kind of discovered herself in that first season, right? Um, that she is the one who's deserves to be next on the throne. Um, she's the one with the dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just the core of who she is is she sees herself as the right, queen. Uh, and it's not something that she can forego. Yeah, I think she is hitting a crossroads where it's like, as she was coming up, you know, she's basically like uh freeing slaves and Mm -hmm. and kind of like these um like you know uh people that don't have anyone to stand for them Mm -hmm. and then now she's encountering people that like 
other kingdoms that aren't necessarily like like they're they're fine with how they're being ruled and and the people above them like mm-hmm. in terms of like the northerners and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so she's not as welcome as she is in these other areas yeah, totally and then so when you don't have people that are constantly like praising you and saying like oh you're our savior and like yeah. we'll do anything you want um you know how do you like it's not so easy to lead a group of people that don't want you to lead them totally totally and we'll see how it plays out the only other prediction that i have is that they're going to lose this battle against the white walkers yeah i don't see them winning it wouldn't really make sense to me that they would win it like i feel like the white walkers need to be a plot point up until like the very end of the show oh yeah yeah i think it's I think like anything initial, it's like you're just gonna get pushed back. Yeah. Right. So like yeah. you just get pushed more south and yeah. And I think it will all like, um, you know, uh, like culminate in yeah. one area at the yeah. end, like King's Landing or something yeah. like that. Um, last question before we get into the game: Who's your favorite character? Hmm. That is a tough one. Um, like, Jon Snow is kind of like the obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there's that. So, you like Jon Snow? I like Jon Snow. Um, Tyrion's great. Yes. Um, I like him because he is. Uh, not necessarily a good person, Mm-mm. but he also understands like, like what's objectively wrong. Yeah, totally. Yes, and so he, you know, even though like tons of character flaws, he still like veers towards mostly like what's right. I'm rewatching some stuff in in season two right now uh, with my wife, um, and sh- and he that's his season season two. Where he's like hand of the king, yeah, it's like his his shining moment, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's surprising constantly with making correct moral morally correct decisions and punishing like bad people, right? But not necessarily like for a hundred percent the right reasons. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but also like he's like a um, like he sends the the commander of the city guard to the wall, mm-hmm. and that was the guy who betrayed Ned. Like right, and 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 he's like like that guy's like a piece of crap, um, and he's like kind of has this really good confrontational scene with him, sends him to the wall, and then he puts brawn in charge who's like not a good guy <laughs> right <laughs> so i don't know if you really and like the reason he's doing it is like now he has control of the uh you know the city guard right so right it's not it's not necessarily like oh i'm i'm doing this like just purely because it's the right thing to do it's like clearly strategic yeah like but, he has his own motive but it's also sure. like if you're like a bad dude like he will call you out and like He's not going to be okay with that. Um, right. And he has sympathy for uh, the victims, um, sympathy for um, uh, people who are abused. Yeah. Uh, like, he's constantly um, gracious to Sansa um, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, he goes on a, on a big 
character journey. We don't need to talk all about it. My favorite character is Jamie. Okay. Unquestionably. Okay. Um, That's an interesting choice, I feel like. He's my favorite character. I think he goes on the biggest um, journey as far as like wh- who he was at the beginning. Oh, yeah. He's and a then piece of garbage. who he is at the end. Oh, yeah. Like, complete turnaround. Well, I always love that in stories where they manage to make you hate someone so much. Yeah. And then you end up liking, it, liking them. Yeah, yes. And you're like, man... You just manipulated the hell out of my emotions. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's him. Like that's what he did. Like, yeah, and I enjoyed him on screen, even in the early ones where he's like a piece of garbage, and he's uh, you know got this attitude and uh, pushes the kid out the whole window, paralyzes and, the kid. Yeah, and he's while having sex with his sister. <laughs> with his sister. That's uh. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. I and think like the thing with the thing I have with him is like even though I I'm I'm right there with you like on that emotional journey of being like man this guy had like a big arc and he came around and I was feeling that and I was liking him in mm-hmm. in scenes. I think ultimately, like, he still like he can't commit to being even though he's like redeemed like mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways has uh, redeemed himself he can't commit to being that like like a solid dude yeah um like you know still yeah. way into his sister which like sister yeah. thing aside like she's horrible yeah and so like <laughs> she's the worst. you can't be a good person yeah. and still you know want to be with, yeah, with yeah. cersei I, I, yeah I, it'll be interesting i think to see how they they wrap it up with them it seemed like he was finally like moving on you know not not gonna be on board with what she was doing and right and he leaves, and and I expect you'll see him not survive the last season. Yeah, because um, he, he's already like he's not redemptive. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't come out on the other side of this and be like, okay, like you've paid for all of your crimes now. Right, you're, right. You're fine. Let's yeah. get you like a nice place to like live. That's not happening no. for him. Um, yeah, like if, if if the dust settled and like even he fought on the side of like the good guys. Yeah, um, he's. Ultimately, they're gonna be like, "All right, well, we're all done. Thanks for the help. We're gonna go cut your head off." Yeah, now. you're still. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Yeah, you, and and he, I feel like he like, at the point where he is now, he's not even looking for like necessarily redemption. He's just like, I'd have to just. I'm gonna do. What I think I what I can to help things. Yeah, I think know? it's like he just got the chance to see things from a different perspective. Yeah, like he was a spoiled rich kid. Yeah, like spoiled rich kid who had <coughs> never had to um, like face hard times or like see what it's like for other people, mm-hmm. and so you know that's exactly how he acted. Like mm-hmm. you know everything should be handed to him. The Lannisters are the best, mm-hmm. and you know, and and that was like his approach. And then like once he's like out and like seeing like the real world, so to speak, uh, that's uh, you know opening his eyes. I think. And once he loses his hand, his sword hand, and he can, and he goes from being one of the most dangerous and feared warriors ever, yeah, to being like completely helpless. That was another shocking scene. Yes, like when you're talking about like unexpected stuff. Even though he didn't die, yeah, in a way that was like the death of his for sure his his character at that time for sure. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah, all right. Well, we've spent we've spent a good half so hour. So that's the show. That's the show. Thanks for now listening let's talk about to... the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're gonna talk about uh, a Game of Thrones, the board game now. Um, and uh, uh, real quick, just give me like a couple super big picture thoughts. What you thought about the game? So when we when we decided to play this game, like not knowing too much about the details of it. I was expecting something like, uh, like super, uh, just expansive and like, complicated. Yeah, difficult to like get started, time consuming. Something that like I honestly didn't expect us to finish it in a sitting. Based on like all the things that you saw about the game. Yeah, just like looking at like it. all the components and like the different like aspects of the game and stuff like that. Um, it it seemed like a very epic game. Um, and it is, but it's in a very, it's put together in such a very manageable way mm-hmm. that I was very pleasantly surprised with how it plays out. A hundred percent agree. I think it even says on the box, like three plus hours, maybe yeah. three, four out, three to four hour playtime. Mm-hmm. And between that and every like either video review or how to video, that I watched about it. Um, everyone, all the consensus that I could find was like, get ready to spend a long time figuring out how to play this game. Right. It's going to be a long time. It's going to be, it's going to take you a while to get into it. It's going to take you a while to set it up. It's going to take a while for everyone to understand the rules. You're going to be constantly fact checking and it's going to be a long night, but it's good. Like, is, like, the consensus. Like yeah. People are like, it's good, it's fun, it's got some cool stuff, and, like, just get ready. Like, it's it's heavy duty. Yeah. And I felt like we didn't have that. No. I felt like it was like, yeah, there's a little bit to understand, and if you have somebody that's played it once before, it's going to be easier. But um, when, we were, when we were going through, you had, uh, like, obviously, like, already had the game and, like, consulted the rules and everything like that, but haven't played previously, right? Correct. And then we had someone that we were playing with that played, like, once before, like, a while ago. So, basically, we did a four-player game. I think he said um, years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. definitely, like, a good amount of time um, had passed. And so, uh, between, like, the two of your knowledge and just, like, together, everybody, like, reading up a little bit about the rules before we got started, it didn't – like, it's a complex game. There are a lot of moving parts, but – it's all done in a way that's very easy to understand like once you put it together it really feels like even with the complexity of the rules it feels like the things that you're doing the actions that you're taking the pieces that you're moving the cards that you're flipping and you're reacting to they all feel like what you should be doing as you're playing the game yes. and what it, like in in keeping with the theme of the game mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like oh this is the game but we have these mechanics that are like thematically detached right you know and so we kind of work with these systems and then we go back to like doing the game it like felt natural yes. each thing that that you did felt like the thing that you would be doing mm-hmm. um and I don't know if that's credit to the design, the designers, um, 
or or what, but I, I it just felt way more natural than I was expecting it to. Um, and I think it's part of a larger. Um, <clears throat> it made it made me think of a larger conversation having to do with with board games um, and issues that everyone finds as they teach board games to new people. Right. How do you go about teaching someone a game? Um, if you're bringing new people in who haven't played a game before, how do you explain it to them? Um, how do you get them into it? Uh, and I felt like in this particular example, everything that we were trying to do to like lead up to it, like everything worked out. Everything fell into place. Right. Um, my approach was um, – I'm I'm expecting it to be like kind of a nightmare up until like midway through the game. That's my expectation going yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. I'm like this is going to be rough to really get everyone into and hopefully everyone stays engaged long enough to get to where we understand it and then it's fun. Right. That's what I was thinking. Um and so because of that, I'm like I'm going to understand this rule book. I'm going to read this rule book. I'm going to watch videos and I probably spent a good amount of time which includes like watching 30-minute YouTube videos yeah. on how to play the game, which Fantasy Flight has a, a video they made themselves on how it's played, which is good. Um, yeah, because you also did a good move, which was to send out a play video to like the, the everyone group we had coming. together. So it was basically like, hey, watch this video if you can. And hopefully... Ahead of time. Yeah, ahead of time. And hopefully like between... Yeah. Like, all of us will have an understanding. Yeah, and it's not even that, like, oh, you watch this video, now you know. It's like, oh, you watch this video, and then once you sit down and I put these pieces in front of you, you have some familiarity with it. Right. So that's one thing that I would recommend. If you're planning to teach someone a game that's going to be complicated in some way, whether it's a strategy game or it's just a lot of rules, a lot of components, whatever the kind of game is, if it's complicated in some way, maybe find a video and get it to everybody ahead of time so that they can watch it. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I'm pretty sure uh, you said you didn't even watch the whole thing. Or did you watch the whole thing? I got through most of it, but I, I, I honestly <laughs> yeah. didn't watch the whole thing. But it did help a ton because when we did start watching it, like you said, even just the, fam- yeah. the familiarity of it, Yeah. like I had a sense. I'm like, okay, now that you've explained this, I get it because it's yeah. clicking with what I watch, yes. you know? I think one one person was like, yeah, I watched like two minutes. <laughs> and then the other guy was like, yeah, I watched it. I, I'm feeling good. Um, and so, yeah, uh, that's that's something that I would recommend. Yeah, like, it's hard to ask to say like, hey, will you watch this like 20, 30-minute video of, of a board game being played? It is. And, uh, you know, but I think if you're – you know, if you're if you're getting together to play a game, and if you're excited about board games, if the group is excited to play the game, then it's worth you it. know the, the, it's worth putting the time in. So yeah, um, I think it it definitely it definitely helped to mm-hmm. to have seen that before sitting down. So mm-hmm. another thing that I tried to do was get to get the things set up ahead of time. So I came into the room where we were going to play, got the board out. Um, and tried starting to get some of the components out, and then mm-hmm. my kids came running in to the room with me, and yeah, was dealing with that. <laughs> uh, so I, d- I got like halfway through where I was hoping to, with right? That. Um, but set up went pretty quick the rest of the way, yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's not a it's not too crazy to get it set up, and you had the little um, 
kind of like uh, like blinder cards mm-hmm. uh, that have like your house on it and everything. It's and like they, a DM uh, yeah. shield, mm-hmm. you know, but like miniature size. Very, yeah, much smaller. <laughs> um, and it's uh, it's got some like quick facts about setup on it and stuff like that. Like Where all what, your starting units yeah. go, what your cards are, and right. I think it might have like turn orders and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that in it. Which those are helpful. I like those. Yeah. Um, um, and and uh, each house plays a little differently, sets up a little differently. Um, talk about that for a minute. Like what what the what you do? What do you do when you're playing this game? Who who? What's the the setup? And yeah. And so the the ultimate goal is to um, hold the most castles or strongholds um, by the time like. Either uh, by the end of the however many how how many rounds there are, which I believe there's ten. Ten rounds. So ten rounds, or the first to seven. First to seven. Seven th- uh, crowns or thrones or or whatever you want to say, um, and the the fact that there's there's kind of two timers is I think what helps the game be manageable. Um, You're not just playing it forever. Yes. Like, the way that, like, when I envision, like, looking at this game, the thing that I equated to, I was like, oh, it's like Risk. Like, you're trying to capture land and, mm-hmm. and like, uh, you know. Moving uh, units. Moving units across land to, like, capture different areas of a map. And the person with the most areas mm-hmm. wins. Mm-hmm. Which it, it is that. But because you have these timers, it's, you're not playing indefinitely. Because mm-hmm. the thing about risk, like you're you're going through like dice rolls and things like that, and like yeah, eventually there's going to be a flip where you have enough units that you can't be beaten by the mm-hmm. the opponent. But there's also times where like if you're playing with multiple people, the two other people could be getting dwindled, but then they get enough mm-hmm. momentum that you're like back mm-hmm. right into like the middle again, back and to where it, you were. And there's like no <laughs> idea like when when it's going to end. Right. So the fact that there were these kind of two um, like hey, we're playing to 10 rounds, and whoever has the most um, castles at the end of that wins. Um, Or if you're the first to get to this many castles, you win. Mm -hmm. Um, I really liked that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So aside from that, it's very similar in, like, that you're you're building um, military units, Mm -hmm. um, different types. You have different types of units that have different power or strength, um, and as you're moving them around the board, when you come in contact with other units, that's when Combat. attack happens, and and there's some some unique aspects to that, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Basically, you get um, some cards. You have a, a hand of cards. A hand of cards to start, and they're just the cards for your house. Like just each house has literally different cards. Just characters from Game of Thrones. Yes, actually from the books, not from the show yes because the the game came out before the show right i believe the like first right edition the for the game came out before the show mm-hmm. might be wrong about that but it is definitely um it's it's taking its cues from the books there's characters in the game that are not in the show right um there are um the, the art is not from the show Yes. Um, so, so it's not you like have likenesses a, of the no, people in the show. You have like that. a Jamie Lannister card, and it's got Pretty Boy on it, but it's not. Yeah, not him from that from actor. the show. Yeah, I was going to try <laughs> to say his name, but it's a. I don't know how to pronounce it. 
Um, yeah, so these cards, they play into combat, and it's kind of a weird mechanic with the cards. Because... It's, the, it's the element of randomness um, that comes into combat. Otherwise, like, the units have value themselves. Right. The footman has a value of one attack. Mm-hmm. The uh, horseman has two. Um, and there are ship units that can support that have they add one or if you're doing a sea battle they have one mm-hmm. um, and there's also siege units which have an attack value of four but only if they are attacking a castle or stronghold right um and they have nothing otherwise like nothing if it's just otherwise ground units they're it doesn't, just, they don't, don't do anything. yeah they're not doing anything else um and then the element of randomness or strategy is the two people who are fighting select a card from their hand and it will have a strength attached to it and it will have some special abilities right to it um so what what do you remember what you used in your first combat encounter um i started out because like i you were was, attacked i was attacked and i was severely like and who are you powered i was the starks um you were House Stark. House Stark. And I was attacked by the Lannisters. Hmm. <laughs> and Funny. <laughs> and um They were way up north, too. Yeah. They were yeah. they were way up there coming at you. Yeah, I was um so that was another thing too. I like even though like I think like we the game played very easily and everything like that, there are a lot of different like ways of determining what strategy you're going to use to play the game totally and so like having played it like after we played the first time i was like man i want to play again yes because i understand what would be a better strategy now yes and i want to try and utilize that totally um so that's what's cool about the game is you can play it like completely different ways and and uh you know the, the gameplay will will play very different but anyway i was getting attacked and because I had fewer units, it was like, okay, I'm going to lose. Unless it comes down to these cards. Strongest card I had. So I played the strongest card I had, which I think was... Ned, wasn't it? Ned Stark, yeah. Yeah. And it added like... Strength of four or something Yeah, like strength of four. Which is, I think, the highest of the cards. Yeah, have. pretty much go up to four. Um... I forget what the ability was on that card. He has two sword icons, mm-hmm. which means that if you win, he destroys two enemy units. Right. And so my attacker also played their highest card. Yeah, so that you ended so up... So I had no... I, you know, I wasn't going to win it. Yeah. But that's what's interesting about the game. And another thing that I realized kind of as we were playing it that would have changed my strategy is your your units don't die in they those instances. They get pushed back. They can die. They can die. But in and that's kind of where those sword icons mm-hmm. come into play. Like the the special ability of the cards could determine if you like kill mm-hmm. um, units. It seems like usually they don't get destroyed. Right. Usually at the end of combat you're gonna if you're you might destroy one or two one but like most of the time, you're kind of just beating them and pushing them back. Yeah, and they just retreat to another safe area mm-hmm. that they can go to, like and the closest adjacent area that doesn't have enemies anybody on it. On it. Yeah. yeah, and they they go and they, you're supposed to like lay them on their side, which means that they're routed. Um, 
which if they get attacked again, they would get destroyed. Right. But you, like you said, if you're not thinking of that, it's like, okay, I've got these units here. I can't lose this battle because I can't lose these units. Right. Well, you're not actually going to lose them. Yeah, not necessarily. And so it's like you might go, like in that instance, I was outpowered. And so I might go, okay, well, I got to play one of these cards. Just play a weaker one. I'll play a weak card because, like, I know I'm not going to win this one. And I'll come. I'll bring it back around next time. Mm-hmm. Um, where my thought was Which like. Which then he would have had spent his strongest card. Right. So then they would use their strongest cards being more like, and I, I mean, the same thing might apply to their strategy as well if maybe they had a better understanding too. Like, hey, I'm already winning. Chances of, like, I may not have to use a very, I could use maybe a middle-of-the-road card, and mm-hmm. that way I'm, like, more likely to win, but there's, like, a chance I might not, but I'm still probably going to. Um, but, yeah, then, you know, they would use their strongest card. I would use one of my weak ones, and then I'm still up because I have that card to use. Now, mm-hmm. the cards do get recycled as you run through them. But after you play the whole hand. Yeah, which so there's seven cards, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it would take a while to get back to your strongest card. And, you know, it could come in clutch when you're, you know, trying to take over a castle or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah, what I – and then as I'm observing these things happening um, – my approach was, well, the Lannisters got really aggressive, mm-hmm. um, had a bunch of combat, played a bunch of cards. I had not had any combat yet, but they had a stronghold that I could take. Um, so I was House Baratheon starting in around the area around Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of moved in on my own, took some unoccupied territory, and kind of right in the middle of the map was Heron Hall, stronghold that the Lannisters had taken. Um, and after seeing them, he's he's occupying it and seeing them kind of get aggressive, play some some of their stronger cards, um, I was like, I can I can take this. Like so I move my units to attack. Um, I don't even I know that I don't even have to use my strongest card. So I go kind of for a middle middle of the road card. He plays probably with the best that he had left. I still won took him out yeah the timing felt right for it um but it was a matter of like biding my time observing and like you kind of like are watching what people have in their hands left yeah you're observing okay i saw him play his strongest card uh so i know that Mm -hmm. if we fight he won't have it yeah so there's a lot of when like in that same vein of like there's like so many different ways of like incorporating strategy um, so there's like you know obviously like the movement of your of your troops, the um, cards that you use during combat, but then there's the other aspect of you have the three uh, tracks, one for um, yeah yeah. So this is where I thought the game was gonna be too complicated. Yeah. As I'm going into it, I'm like, there's these there's like there's literally five. There's so there's seven total tracts of things on the board that you're keeping track of. Right. There's the turns, mm-hmm. keeping track of the turns. Okay, that's not hard. You've got one through ten. You move the thing at the end of each turn. There is the castle, which is like the victory point. Yeah. You know, bar. So as someone takes a castle, you move them up. As they lose one, you take it down. Mm-hmm. You're managing that. Not too bad. In the middle, then there's the supply track. 
which that one was confusing and we had to like yeah. circle around on it. We ended up understanding it and using it just fine. Right. We didn't really screw anything up there, but like depending on the supply icons that you are in your territories that you occupy mm-hmm. determines how many armies you can supply on the field. Right. That was a confusing one. That was probably the, what ended up being the most confusing one for us. Yeah. But we we figured it out. We all understood it. Right. Or in in the middle there, and we never were like in violation. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's like if you have a bunch of them, you can field a lot more armies. Armies are anything, any group that has more than any territory that has more than two units on it. That's right. an army. Yeah, two units together is an army. Um, so basically, it's like as you're moving around troops, depending on your supply, that means that you know more troops together is more combat points yes to fight with but you can only have a certain amount together based on how many supplies you have which makes sense yes thematically yes and so it wasn't as hard to play as i think it could have been right like it it's it makes sense and you can see on the board I'm going to move to this area because then it will give me more supplies. I'll be able to field more troops together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could do that intentionally, which was a big strategy that you had. Right. Um, but um, so that's the next like track, right? Yeah. Um, and so you're kind of managing, everyone's managing that independently, you know, where they fall on the supply track. Then there are the three other tracks. Yeah. Um, I forget what the, the term that the game uses for them, but there, there's... Go ahead. But there's basically like three items. So you have the Iron Throne, you have uh, the... Stored. The the sword. What was a specific... Valerian Steel the, Sword. Just Valerian Steel Sword. Yeah. And uh, then the Raven. Mm-hmm. The Messenger Raven. And the... They uh, all added cool... Uh, cool dynamic yes. to it. So, like, whole new strategy and kind of, like, you get to pick what's important to you, like, what strategy is important. So, like, being having control of the throne means you're – it uh, determines the turn order. You go first if you have the Iron Throne. Yeah, so if Whenever you have the you Iron Throne. Place your orders. We haven't even talked about that yet. Yes. Placing yours. We'll get to yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you go first. Mm-hmm. So you have the first turn, and also you're the tiebreaker. So anytime that there's a tie – um, which we'll get into, like what yeah. <clears throat> what some ties would be. You determine. You get to say who wins, which was kind of cool. Which is very interesting because, like, when you're playing with a a group of people, you mm-hmm. get to like decide who gets screwed and mm-hmm. who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And what's also interesting about that is, like, you eventually might not hold the throne, so the decisions you make yes. may impact you later on based totally. on how people want to perceive what you did to them. Totally. Um, the Having control of the sword just gives you extra combat points. It gives you, if you're in combat somewhere, you can play the sword to give you one extra point of damage in that encounter. Yeah. Which, um, you're not you're not using big numbers. No. So one extra damage can matters. Turn the tide. Yeah. Totally. Uh, especially as you're you're strategically picking which cards you're going to use. Um, you know, picking the sword yeah. can let you 
you know, hold on to a stronger card for later. And Yeah, if you know that you're like, hey, I'm going down the path of attack here. Go for the sword. I'm, I could use every advantage I Yeah, you might I go have, for the sword, so. yeah. Um, and then the, the Messenger Raven, in my opinion, was the best the best track to have. Yeah, it, I, I agree. And For two reasons. Go yeah, ahead. there's multiple reasons. So the the first three um, spots on the track give you the ability, determines how many... Um, special orders. Special orders you can, uh, you can use in a turn. And that's kind of how we're, like, again, part of the gameplay... When you're when you're taking turns, you're basically laying down orders to all your troops. We'll talk more about it. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. But essentially, the the, the special the, orders give bonuses. Yeah, you get a bonus for the special the, order. To like the whatever units you're, you might give them more combat strength, or you might give them stronger defense, or you might be able to like screw over your opponent in some way. Right, right. And you get if you're at the top of it, you get three special orders you can place. Yeah, pretty good. Two in second place is good, mm-hmm. and then, but then if you're in fourth place, you get none. You get none, and that's a huge detriment. Which to... I think you had none for a bit. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was in that spot. So the um, the other thing that the messenger even can do is has these kind of like two little like bonus actions, and one is to view the. Another thing we haven't talked about yet, because these are all we'll like interwoven <laughs> pieces, there's a wildling track as well that you have to manage. We'll talk about that in pretty soon. And so there's <laughs> there's cards with the wildling track, and you have the ability to view the, the top, top card. card. Um, or you have the ability to, after people have revealed their orders... Send a you raven. Can, you can send a raven. You can change orders of your own army. Which is kind of like cheating. It's huge. It's a huge advantage. <laughs> if if it shows it's like if depending on how the 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 orders play out, it can be like like completely unfair. Yeah. Uh, like you can be like, oh, I was gonna attack over here, and now I see that that's a bad idea. Right. So I'm gonna do something else instead. Or it's like, oh, I see that you left this whole side wide open for me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna attack you. Yeah, and you just put that down. Or, or you're on like, the edge, and you're like, "I'm defending," and then I found out you're defending, so I'm gonna switch that to an attack, and yeah. I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> attack you. Or it's like, "Oh, I see you're gonna come this way. I'm gonna put this other place to support me." Yeah, you can do all of that with the messenger raven after you see all the orders. Yeah, it's a it's a huge advantage, and just the fact that like you get those those three extra um, uh, bonus. Uh, orders that you can place you get uh, the raven yeah the the two different ways of using the raven mm-hmm. it just seems like that was the most uh, beneficial yeah. one yeah to... it's kind of kind of crazy uh um the way um I'll, I'll explain how those how you end up utilizing those um so at the beginning um oh no um at the beginning of the game Everyone, depending on your house card that you have in front of you, basically tells you where you start. Right. On those three tracks. On those three tracks. Position just by the nature of your house. Yeah. yeah. So in my case, playing as Hath Baratheon, um, the house that actually has the most legitimate claim to the throne. I'm just saying, it's a fact. Okay? <laughs> um, they start at number one on the Iron Throne track. Yes. Um, I forget where I did on started on the other ones, but um, and so for at the very beginning of the game, that's I had the throne. Yeah, 
Um, and then you eventually come, you draw, I think it's if you draw Westeros cards. Um, one of them will say, clear the, uh, it has a name, whatever that thing, whatever that whole section of the board yeah. is called, it has a name. It's like, clear those off. Um, and, um, man, I cannot remember the name of it. It's like, clear them off and, and bid. Yeah. And you're just, you're literally just bidding on which ones you want. Um, and you have these power tokens. Is that what they're called? Yes. The power tokens are, um, everyone has a certain amount of them. Um, you start off with a certain amount and you gain more, you can gain more through your orders. Um, and as you take more territories, you have more options for them. Um, but you, you have a limited amount that you can use. Right. And they have a number of purposes. Yes. Including things like keeping territories that you don't have units on. Right. So uh, I believe it was the Lannisters found themselves like moving t- out of territories mm-hmm. and not being able to keep them. Right. Um, because they didn't have power tokens left. Um, and uh, so it's important to keep some of those as you're moving troops. Yes. You don't want to just bid them off or something. Mm-hmm. But then you, you have a limited amount, and so you, you basically say, which one of these tracks do I want to go for? You pick a few of them, and you you all hold them up over the game board in your hand, closed fist, and then turn it over and show everyone what you brought. Right. So zero to however many you have yes. available. Yes, exactly. Um, and you're basically just betting on who's going to have the most mm-hmm. to be at the top of whichever track. Whichever track. Um, so, yeah, um, and, and you do that for all three. So you start, who wants the Iron Throne? You all put your hands in, you all reveal. Right. Um, who wants the Valyrian Steel Sword? You hold your hands up, and then you reveal. So you've got a pool of tokens that you have to divide in your head between these three tracks. Which ones do you want? Right. Um, and which ones could you be without? Are you okay going last? Because you're basically sacrificing these power tokens when yes. you bid, they're not like, regardless back. of were you winning or not. Like you, you they don't come back. You're just paying these to try and get the, mm-hmm. the the top, and that's where like part of being the controlling the throne comes into play, because yes. that's where you can have a tie. You can have multiple people can have the same amount mm-hmm. that they're bidding on, and, and whoever you controls pick, the throne, you're you can pick the winner. I'm pretty sure that happened where I I bid, I we were bidding for the throne. And there was a tie, and since I had the throne, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna keep it." Right? Yeah. Because why would why yeah. wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. So I could I could rule in my favor in that in that example, um, and then doing that, I think I was able to like even like place everyone else. Like I was like, "Well, who wants to go second? Anybody? Anyone want to convince me to tell you when to go?" Right. You right. Know? And I, I kind of like laid it out that way, um, but you know, maybe in your head, you're like, "It doesn't matter that I go last. I'll go last." Um, I would rather have the sword because I'm going to be attacking someone this next turn. Um, or I want to use more special tokens. Right. Um, so uh, that's how that plays out. So you're, you're literally like, okay, I've got, let's say I've got seven, I've got seven power tokens. Mm-hmm. I'm going to divide them between these three tracks. I also want to plan ahead for if I need to use any in my turn. 
So I know I'm planning on my next turn, I'm going to move out of this territory, but I want to keep it because it has supplies on it. So I'm going to at least, I'm keeping one for that. So now I'm down to six. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I'm going to put one on Iron, th- I'm going to bid one for Iron Throne so that I'm not last in the turn order. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bid none for the, um, uh, I think it's called Fiefdoms is the second, yeah, the name of the second is, track. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bid none for fiefdoms because I'm not planning to attack. Uh, and then I'm going to bid three for the um, messenger raven. Right. Um, which also has another name. They all have separate names. Um, but the, the third one, uh, yeah, is the messenger raven. So like, I'm going to mm. bid three for that so that I'm, I can use special orders. Hopefully I, I can get higher up on that, use special orders. Maybe I'll even get the, the raven. Yeah. Um, but then those four are gone. Mm. So now I have, I end up with three left. You know, the one that I put aside and the two others that I didn't end up using. Uh, I have three left. And that's how that plays out. Yeah. Ended up, in my head, as I'm understanding this, going into it, I'm like, okay, I understand how this works. I have to teach this to this group of people. Right. So that they also understand it. I'm like, this is where we're going to get lost. Yeah. Between these couple tracks here, keeping track of these things. Right, right. This is where we're going to get lost. Didn't happen. No, it worked out fine. And everyone got it like on the first go around. Yeah. Like maybe it was like once you started using the different items, then it was like, okay, now I see how they are used in gameplay. I see which ones I would want to use more. Right, right. So then it's, okay, now I know how I'm going to approach this differently next time. Yeah. But up front, it was like, okay, I understand the process of bidding. And it's like, now I understand I probably don't want to bid on every one. I yes. want to pick and choose. Yeah. Um, like, I think I was, uh, like, I also had the impression that, like, holding on to these power tokens was important to hold the, like, more important to hold the, um, be able to leave behind to control certain areas on the map. And so I think the first go around when we voted for the Raven, I was like, no, nah, I don't care. I'm not going to vote for anything. And then I realized I'm like, oh, man, now I don't I'm out of the ranking of the special special orders. orders and that just kills you when you're when you can't do that. So you lose a lot of bonuses. Yeah. So we can talk a little bit about that. The um, basically you start off with the, a variety of different tokens um, that have your wh- how you're going to determine what your troops are going to do exactly. during that turn. Yes. So you have you start off your you have specific units in specific places based on your house card, your right. house, you know, stand up, fold up thing. Um, your units are on the field, and yeah, yeah. So you have um, so basically you have support, attack, defense. Movement or I forget the name of it. The crown. Uh, it's like, <clears throat> oh man, I forget it too. It's like something. It's like how you acquire the resources. Yeah, um, I forget what it's called. But essentially, the crown. There's a there's a crown token and some that gives kind of you... synonym synonym of acquiring. Right, acquiring, right. Um, um, I want to say reap, but I'm I think I feel like I'm thinking uh, uh, keyforge. Keyforge. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not that you you, you can reap your amber. Yeah, um, <laughs> but anyway, you, so you can basically that's how you get power tokens is you put these little crown orders down. Yeah, and th- those allow you to get power tokens, which then again can be used for bidding or for 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 holding land. Um, 
The there's also uh, raid tokens, which um, oh, right, the raid. they remove. I think support and um, the crown ones. I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe like basically, if you use a raid and you have an adjacent One opponent, opponent, yeah, uses a a support or tries to collect um, power tokens, you, you can, can cancel. You can just it. say nope. Get yeah. out of here. Um, the and then the the special so basically there's these star icons on certain ones Orders. of these tokens yeah and so like for instance where it really was detrimental to um, my play when I wasn't on the board for any of the special orders I only had one move token or I had two. I had one regular move token, and I had one, one that was special. So I could only move my troops, like one group of my troops. Per round. Per round, because I didn't have, I wasn't on the special board. And so that, like moving your troops is huge to mm-hmm. to the game. Totally. Uh, because the, that's the only way to move them, is you have to give them marching orders to, to go somewhere. And... Um, and also with the special ones can give you bonus points. So like if you have a, um, the crown, um, icon or the the crown order with the special icon, you can get more, you get additional power, uh, power tokens. So things like that. And you know, that, that stuff kind of adds up quick when you're, when you're not able to use that, Mm -hmm. like everybody else is, especially in a four player game. Because mm-hmm. you can play up to six, right? Yes. So yes. six players. We were playing four, which means when you're the fourth, you're the only one who can't. Yeah. In a six-player game, yeah, you more. You have some company where yeah. you know they're not able to use special stuff too. But in fourth, you're just at a huge disadvantage to everybody else yeah. on that track. Yeah. Um. And I think so. The way that the the orders kind of go down is you. You basically place these tokens face down on the board mm-hmm. um, on anywhere that you have units. Mm-hmm. No one everybody knows what this. you're saying. Yeah, what no you're, one knows what you're, what you're putting down. Uh, basically, everybody does this at the same time. They're sh- slapping down their orders. And this is where the negotiation comes in. Right. This is where you say, the Lannisters are directly across from me. Our mm-hmm. troops are right next to each other. I'm like, hey... Don't attack me, bro. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to attack you. I'm going to attack the Starks. Okay, cool. Well, then I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something with my guys here. I'm right. Try to collect some power tokens with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, wait. You straight up lied and you are attacking me. Yes. Um, and now I don't have any defense for it because I thought I was going to be able to do something else. That's where that comes in. Right. Um, which is that's the really the, the the interesting the cool player dynamic mm-hmm. to this game. Yeah, because you can definitely do some backstabbing. Totally. And uh, we got a, we went a little bit down that path. Yes. Um, you and I ha- formed an alliance. Hmm. Um, Which we weren't the Starks and the Baratheons. Uh, it's happened. Our good it's combination. worked. It's worked <laughs> in the past. So, uh, yeah, we were going down that road. And we weren't near each other, so we were, like, you know, weren't encroaching on each other's territory. Uh, so it, it made sense to be like, hey, 
I'm coming down this way. Can you distract them? <laughs> yeah. Basically, so there's these, one other thing we didn't mention yet, as there's still two more game mechanics we have yet to go over in this yeah, game. Yeah, there are. Which is the, um, there's the Westeros cards, which are done every turn, and there's three cards. Yes, they're literally labeled, it's it's three separate, not huge decks, but they're, they're just three separate decks that have different, you fl- at the beginning of the turn, starting in round two, you, f- you flip them over, all three, one, two, three, and you just resolve what it says. Yeah, and so basically that just kind of determines things that are going to happen for everybody during that round. So, like, for one, it's, uh, uh, what, what was it called with the, the, when you get more troops? Mustering. Mustering. So you have a mustering card, which means Colonel then, mustering. Colonel mustering. In the conservatory. <laughs> Put your troops down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put your troops where you want them. Put your troops, Colonel Mustard. Um, yeah. As long as your supplies... Yes, allow. Uh, allow. Yeah. And that's another thing. You have to... You can have... And this is where I got screwed, is you, or where you eventually helped me out, and that's where our alliance started. Yes. You, like, went for supplies. Yes. Thinking, not not fully understanding at the beginning that then you have to wait for a card. Yeah, you have to wait for a card that says like, okay, like you Adjust basically reconcile supplies, your yeah. supplies, and then based on the territories that you have, you move up or down the the supply chain. I had a ton of supplies at, at one point, but we weren't. They weren't a doing we anything were for card. you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you can then, still only feel like two armies. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And there were so some of these Westeros cards are kind of like dependent on which track you own in terms of like um, throne, sword, or raven. Mm-hmm. You get to determine the outcome of like this multiple choice on the card. So you could say either this happens, either this happens, or like most of them were like, or nothing happens. Right. And uh, one of them was like, there's a like a supply. Uh, just like a resupply, yeah. you know. So um, but it was like whoever has the Iron Throne, you can choose to either adjust the supplies, do something else, or do nothing. Yeah, like just supplies, mustering, or yeah, nothing. Yeah, and I was like, "Hey, man, <laughs> I want, I want to use these supplies. I, I think we're all due for a resupply here." <laughs> <laughs> and in my and case, it would have done nothing. It did nothing for me. Yeah, like you didn't have any extra, so you wouldn't have gone up or down. Yeah, um, and. You know, but we were in a kind of a good spot where, like you, you said, basically we we're on either end of the map, and everyone else was in the middle. So it was kind of like, hey, help me out. We can kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, do a pincer movement on these yeah, guys yeah, yeah. and take them out. And so we formed that alliance, and uh, you know, and that's where like then it could go, like you could just totally, or like, like I could, I could give you the opportunity to build all these armies. And then all of a sudden, all those armies are, like, coming for me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting kind of dynamic of, like, how things can play out that way. Yeah. Uh, the last mechanic was the um, was the Wiling track. Mm-hmm. And the way that that plays out is, basically, as you're doing the Westeros cards, they have icons on them that move a like counter. Elephant skull. Yeah. Well, Elephant Skull. I really wanted those elephants. <laughs> yeah. That was a good line. Um, I wanted those elephants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so those, as your as more of those cards go up, the the wildlings kind of increase in power. Yes, and so then 
you pull cards that say wildlings attack. That's like one of the yes the Westeros cards. So yeah. so what 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 happens is it goes up the track. So it builds up. So it starts at there's a zero. I think it's the game starts at two. If you defeat the wildlings, it goes to zero. Otherwise, it just keeps going up. And then there's eventually a card, a Westeros card that says wildlings attack. Mm-hmm. When the wildlings attack, you bid the same way as you bid for the other things. Right. Everyone takes a few power tokens and hold them up and then reveal them. And if the number of power tokens meets or exceeds the um, number on the wildling track, you can push that, put you push them back. Mm-hmm. And you take the track back down to zero. It's essentially it's saying the wildlings are attacking and you're supporting the Night's Watch. Right. You're sending troops to the wall to defend against it. Um, and someone might send three. Some people might send none. A lot of people might send none. Yeah. Because um, that was more of kind of where the backstabbing mm-hmm. kind of comes in. Because it's like, hey, we we are all in this. Like if the if the wildlings win, we all lose. Yes. Um. And if, but if we push them back, then we're fine. Mm -hmm. So everybody basically has to, like, if they're on four, you basically need four power tokens. Mm -hmm. That's all you got to, like, get to to push them back. Seems pretty easy. Like, okay, if everyone gives one, we're okay. Right. Or it's like, yeah, well, everyone could give one, but I could give none, and I could keep my power tokens, and yeah hopefully we'll still someone will give two. Yeah, like, you're like, I'm pretty sure someone's going to give more than one. Yeah, yeah. Um. And so it's kind of an interesting way that, that that can play out. But if you're the person who supports the most, you get an advantage because then you get what's on a wildling card. The wildling the wildling card will have a victory and defeat conditions on it. Um, they don't always typically if you lose, there's penalties. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always penalties. Sometimes some people get worse penalties. Right. Um, if you win, um, sometimes there's advantages. Sometimes nothing happens. Right. Um, but uh, basically, I think the first time we did it, um, I had bid the most, and the the and we we defeated them. And the win condition was move yourself to number one on the Iron Throne. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was like, nice, because I had just like given it up. Right. Like after the first round of having it, I was like, I don't need this. I would rather have the other stuff. So I gave it up, and then I took it right back with that card. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah. And it worked out. And I pretty much had it for the rest of the game after mm-hmm. that. Um, and that's, again, where, like, ties come into play. Because yes. when you're going and you're supporting however many tokens you've done to support the, the wildly thing, if... Uh, if there's a tie. If, like, the two people were to give the most, so let's say person A has the Iron Throne, they give two, and person B gave two, person with the Iron Throne could say... I'm going to take this take, reward. I'm going to say that I'm going to take it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, or, you know, vice versa, like if you have um, uh, multiple people, like other people who are playing, and then you're saying like, eh, I'm going to pick who the winner is, it's going to be you. That person could, maybe you're going to pick the person that's like right across from the battlefield from you. And, mm-hmm. and so maybe they're going to favor you and work, mm-hmm. work away. So mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of little kind of like backstabby things that like play very nicely into the theme of totally. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yes. Um, and again, like I was thinking going into it, I was like, this wildling thing is just another 
thing to like bog down this game in additional rules. Right. Um, it's going to be distracting, and we're going to f- either forget about it, or it's going to like add this thing that doesn't help. And it was great. Yeah, it was. Fine. It worked really well. It was interesting. Added a cool dynamic. Yeah. Because I think the more thing, the more opportunities you have to see some of that like uh, underhanded, um, like back alley deal stuff play out is makes yeah. it more interesting. That's where the game really starts to like separate itself from just being another strategy game to being this is Game of Thrones the board game, right? And this is this is different, right, from just any other thing that you're playing. Am I going to go little finger on you and act like I'm your best friend and then, you know, I've, sneak around the back and take you out? <laughs> or, yeah. you know, am I going to be... I wonder if anyone's ever said that before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go little finger on your ass. <laughs> but watch out. I'm sure it's been said before. I can't be the first person. I know, man. (laughs) You go little finger on your ass. (laughs) What's that mean? Oh shit! Watch out! Oh man, that's great. That is (laughs) precious. Yeah. Okay. Yes, but like that's where the game shines. That's that's where that's where it shines, and it's funny to say that because. I feel like even as we've been talking about it, like I'm pretty positive. I feel I enjoyed even the other aspects of it. I enjoyed looking at the map and saying, I'm going to move my troops this way to get these castles. Um, I'm going to do combat at this time. This is the combat. And and the combat was fun and, and or was interesting. Um, the wildlings was interesting. The bidding for the tracks was interesting. Uh, all those things like I enjoyed, but then it's like, but the real, the real gold here comes in that uh, interaction, yeah, making deals, breaking deals, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, and um, it's it definitely played out well, and I think like having those those two like timer tracks, that's just like makes it so you can kind of yeah. relax and just play the game yeah. and not worry about like like looking at your watch like how much longer are we going to be playing this yeah, like, like, no, we're, no, all, no. we're on turn five we're halfway through yeah you know we're all old as shit like you know <laughs> playing this game like speak you for know. yourself <laughs> well you know it's, it's a group of <laughs> established men that were playing this game and uh, you know, yeah, I, I I got the feeling that like no one was up for like a five hour no, yeah. journey yeah. into this game. So, um, I think we were all pleasantly surprised when we you know met the like the the two to three hour like time time frame, and yeah, it was totally. nice because like we're like okay, I'm seeing like you know, the, the number of turns advancing. I think we got, like, maybe just a little bit halfway through turns before you ended up winning. You were the one. Bow and... to your king. <laughs> Bow your shits. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my Robert. There we go. Impression. The Baratheons won the throne. It's very nice. So the Baratheons won. 
Um, and, uh, and yeah, so like you ended up with seven castles. Seven castles, yeah. Within like seven you know, castles like six for rounds. seven brides for seven brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, um, it, it kind of played out where, um, I would have, I could have like, jumped the gun a bit and like taken a few more castles early on but i kind of left them hanging so mm-hmm. that I, I didn't no one necessarily saw me like shooting to the top right and being like oh we need to do something about this right so i kind of like left these they're near nearby i could get them quick enough yeah um and then it was um i believe i was on i had five out of seven and uh the lannisters were in front of me at heron hall I knew that he was depleted from his previous combat mm-hmm. encounters. His his cards were not that strong. Right. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to take Heron Hall now. Took Heron Hall. Wasn't worried about him taking it back because I still knew that I had the stronger cards because I didn't even use my strongest cards. And then once that was taken, there was nobody in front of me um, to the south. I could just, mm. like, on my next turn, I knew I was going to be able to get this last castle. Um, and that's how it worked out. I feel like um, everyone else, um, well, I feel like, in general, the whole table was playing pretty conservatively. Um, like, slowly moving forward. Yeah. Like, feeling that's where the I game out. changed it. Yeah. Like, next time I play, I was like... I was not being aggressive enough. Mm-hmm. Like I could have done way better had I just like went at it. And um, because I think in my mind I was like, oh, I need to like build up a bunch of troops, but you can't really do that because your supplies are going to determine really how many you can build up. And then also like not considering that like your your troops aren't necessarily going to die if you go into combat. And, and come out the right. loser, right. Um, you still have a chance to bring them back and, mm-hmm. and, and fight again. And at that, it kind of makes more sense like to take that risk and move forward than just being like, I'm just going to see if I can just get a lot of land up here. And, mm-hmm. and like I was basically like trying to hold down Winterfell mm-hmm. when I didn't even need to. No, you needed castles. I needed castles, and I, I needed to move south. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you needed to grab in some castles. You needed to make the rest of the people go south instead of north. Right. Like I think the Greyjoys started coming up north, mm-hmm. and the Lannisters started coming up north, leaving all this land to the south, which is where I went. Right. And there's like unopposed. I'm like was able to snatch snatch up some castles that way. Yeah, so I, I, it would have been better if I kind of, like, forced everyone, like, I was the, you know, I'm the Northerners. I should have pushed everyone south mm-hmm. and tried to create more conflict there that then I could try and move towards, like, gaining some castles. And also or it just, like, like, spreads out the, the conflicts then at that yeah. point. Yeah. And also being th- doing things like making a partnership with the Greyjoys and saying, hey go the other way. I'm going to be taking these castles here, but I'm not we're not going to be fighting. Right. You go that way and get your castles down there. Um and we'll deal with whoever else is opposing us. Right. Would have made sense. Mm-hmm. Um because theoretically you could have you could play the game and make those kind of partnerships. 
<laughs> and uh, both be working towards a win. Yes. So because because you're not trying to like wipe the other person off the map, you're just trying to gain control of you know seven mm-hmm. castles. That um, you you could in theory be like, hey, we're gonna work together. Like I'm still gonna try and get seven castles before you, but we don't have to combat. We could fight everybody else. Right. So but then you'll eventually get to the point where someone's about to win and somebody's got to stop them. Yeah. And so or that's where you might have where... some other, like maybe, maybe you're running low on supplies and one of those cards come up mm-hmm. and you're like, you need a supply run. And suddenly the person you were fighting against could be your best ally. Mm-hmm. So you're like, hey, yeah, maybe I'll gonna, flip, flip alliances we're gonna here. <laughs> flip, 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 flop around here. Yeah. So it's very interesting, and I really enjoyed the game, and I immediately wanted to play again. Yeah, I like finished, I like so. we I, we put it away, and I I went to bed, and as I'm laying in bed, I'm like, a feeling amazing because I won, and b <laughs> I'm like this was fun. I want to play as different houses, um, and I want to use different strategies, and uh, there were a couple moments that I can remember of. I didn't quite use my move tokens properly. Right. I was like, oh, I should have moved here instead of collected, or I should have um, spread my forces out a little differently, mm-hmm. and things like that, and uh, learned that through that play where I was like, okay, well, the next time I do it, I'm going to be even more prepared to handle these troops better. Yeah. Um, I think you'll definitely, like, if you play the game more, you would definitely have an advantage over someone who's like, it's their first time. playing because they're trying to grasp the mechanics as well as like what's really the strategy yeah and so like once you play and you understand what all all the components of the different uh strategies are you know like like i already understand the fundamentals so i don't have to worry about like figuring that out now i can just kind of like refine what strategy i want to take um where someone new to the game is like what do these tokens mean and like yeah. what about the supply chain and they're still trying to like catch up so yeah so that's Although something to like I, consider I do, too with like new people playing I, I agree absolutely but i was impressed with how um everyone caught on yeah literally by the end of round one everyone understood placing orders mm-hmm um, yeah, no mulligans. Like you didn't have to go like, no. Oh, you know what? Like, let's just scrap it and start over because we were doing this totally nope. wrong. <laughs> the only thing that we did, we realized that we were counting units wrong for some of the um, armies, and we were able to just be like, okay, you have one too many armies. Just move your ship unit over yeah. one, and it was fine. Didn't impact the game at all. Yeah. Um, and the I think once or twice someone like played a special an extra special token right. without right. any tune. We just, like, adjusted. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, we didn't really, like, screw up. No. Nothing that was like, oh, you've been playing this wrong the whole time. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> None of that. Um, so, um, yeah, it was cool. It was fun. I would like to play with six people as well. I would imagine that could probably drive the time up a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, even at a certain point there, like we were cranking through turns. Yeah. Like 20 minutes a, a turn. Yeah. You know? I think the important thing to note about this game, too, is that you don't have to be a Game of Thrones fan to enjoy it. I disagree. I think you get more out of it, but I don't think you have to be a Game of Thrones fan to enjoy the game. Okay. Um, I, the game is good. 
objectively right. is I think what you're getting to. Yes. And like, I agree with that. Regardless of whether you've read or seen any Game of Thrones or know anything about Game of Thrones, you can play the game and it can be a fun game. You get way more out of it when you know about the story. I think if you have no context for Game of Thrones, um, it's not going to do much for you. I think you're going to kind it's going to like some of the like some of the 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 fun things were like we were like I was like oh yeah like uh I was like Dave you you go you cause some trouble here I'm going to give you your supplies and then someone goes like oh Stark Baratheon alliance right, right. <laughs> where have I heard that before <laughs> yeah and like that kind of you know some of that fun stuff was like it would be lost on you oh, and the yeah. same with the yeah, cards yeah, no, like yeah. the the character cards mm-hmm. I think would be lost on you um the the map um would you would be at a disadvantage like not knowing where right. things were like mm-hmm. sure you could figure out oh a castle is what i need to win right um i think if you don't if someone doesn't have any familiarity with game of thrones i don't know that i would recommend it hmm. um it's interesting cuz like the way that we've seen like when we were playing like uh star wars destiny you know, and again, mm-hmm. talking about like fantasy flight stuff and being like heavily licensed um, uh, games is that a lot of times like that's that's the case, right? Like you're probably if you're not into Star Wars, you're probably not going to have fun playing Star Wars Destiny. No, um, there's still a like a like a, a dueling aspect to it and things mm-hmm. like that. And so like, you know, maybe on a strictly like game level, you would like it. But it's hard to get over. Yeah, like it's all about like the cards, Star Wars, Star Wars stuff, the references on right. the cards, right? The word usage. I think the with artwork. Game of Thrones, if you're into strategy games, it's it's good. you can still enjoy it. Yeah, like it's you can be like, hey, I don't really know any of this stuff, so like a lot of stuff, like you know, especially if you're playing with other people that know and like they're making like you know references to the show or to the books, and that's just flying right over your head. Um, you can at least go, I understand the idea of like moving troops and, and playing these certain aspects and, and stuff like that and, yeah. and still get something out of it. So, I agree. I agree. So like, it's the type of thing, like if you're trying to get a group together and someone's like, oh, I never play a game or I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I don't, I don't want to play. You can be like, well, you'll still have fun. You can still join in. Yeah. Definitely better if you watch or yeah. read, but. Yeah. Um, if you're into Game of Thrones you would, I think you would enjoy it. And I think the um, barrier to entry is not as high as you may be led to believe doing your homework on it. Yeah. If you flip that box over and you're looking at the back and suddenly you're thinking, man, maybe I don't want to get into all this. It's not that bad. It's very manageable. It's Let us be the first people to tell you Yes, it's actually manageable. You can get into this game. You can play this game. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's totally doable. Um, I mean, I've, we, were, I, I, we were playing with like people I would consider to be not dumb. Right. <laughs> we were right. We, we had a group of intelligent people <laughs> yes. playing games, but not everyone was even board gamers. Right. Like uh some of them like pretty new. Yeah. Or like not not really into hobby gaming in general. Right. And it was just like we're hanging out with friends. Mm-hmm. We want to play this game. Do you want to come too? Yeah, right. sure, I'll come hang out. Yeah. Um 
and uh, we all got it. Yeah, and, and had a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I think you can do it if you're into Game of Thrones. You can learn this game. Um, there definitely needs to be if you're the person who's like wanting to introduce this game to your gaming group right. or to a group of friends, you need to put in the work to yeah. understand the rules. Uh, you need to um, put in the the time to like encourage everyone to s- learn a little bit ahead of time and then patiently go through thing by thing explaining how it's done. Yeah. Um, and, and it can be done. Um, and I think I was it like, will like really shine on the second go around, which yeah. we haven't played even a second time yet. No. But um, you're ready. I'm ready. And just <laughs> just seeing that, like, especially if you if we ended up playing with the same group again, all that explaining stuff is it's, done. It's not happening. Yeah. You just go. You just dive right in. You're like, all right, we remember this from last time. Let's get going. And then so you can just really focus on like having fun with it and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one thing, other thing that we didn't talk about. What's that? The components. The components, yes. The game looks good. Yes, it's very well put together. I mean, it's it's what I come to expect from Fantasy Flight games. Right. Um, is high production value. Mm-hmm. So I would label this an A.E., <laughs> they they set out what they what I would expect from them. They uh, the box is good, the art is good, and like I said, not uh, art from the show. Yeah, which even though I haven't read the books, I actually prefer. Yeah, over, I agree. I always get a little um, like eh when I see stuff that's like like when you see like comic book. Like maybe I like a comic book cover, and it like references like movie characters, mm-hmm. and it's like the likeness of the actor mm-hmm. that played. It's like not the character. I'd rather you just made something up. Yeah, like I'm more into that because now I'm just associating that. Don't make that Tony Stark look like Robert Downey Jr. in the comic book. Right. Make him look like what Tony Stark looks like. Yeah, like whatever in like your forever. imagination as an yeah. artist. Like use use the fact that it's not the same thing to, to yeah. do that. So I really appreciate like it had really cool artwork style and and like I appreciated the fact that it was like I'm not looking at these actors from Game of Thrones. Let me kind of like step more into the world and right. like not less into the, the show. show. Yeah, yeah, totally, hundred percent. Cards were good. Wildling deck cards <clears throat> are also good. Um, the pieces are like little plastic, kind of like marbleized plastic. Looks kind of like like you have uh, like um, the units, uh, like dice, like yeah. Um, so it's a little man, like D twenty, like you yeah, just like the marbleized plastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, got a little man shaped man. Mm-hmm. Got a little horse shaped unit. A little like trebuchet, yeah, <laughs> looking kind of siege looks thing. Looks like a I don't know, it's a book standing up. Um, <laughs> And then like little, little ships, little ships. Little, 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 like, what you would expect a little yeah. ship, on. <laughs> like a little boat piece to uh, look like. But uh, yeah, uh, those are cool. Those are real. I feel like those are probably the the most quality of components outside of the cards. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the rest of the the power tokens and the order tokens uh, are just you know cardboard pop out. Yeah, pieces, and then there's a 
massive iron throne, a massive sword, and a massive raven. Yeah. Also cardboard pop out mm-hmm. things, but they're but like they're nice cool. heavy stock, yeah. like coated and everything. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's all. That's components are all good. There's a lot. So there's a lot of components. Another thing that makes would make you think the game is like very dense. Right. And it's not not dense. It's just not as dense as you are expecting. Yeah. I think, in my opinion. It's just intuitive. Yeah. It's like, like once you learn the rules, it all makes sense. It makes so. sense and, it, and you do the things that you should be doing. Um, the last, the other last thing, the second last thing mm-hmm. um, that uh, I'll mention is um, the way that I, we, when we put it away, so we opened everything up, we popped out the tokens all together, put it all away, I just kind of took all the components, dropped them in the box, closed the box, brought it back over. In my head, I'm like, this is going to be a nightmare to reopen mm. and replay. So I took, I probably took 30 to 45 minutes of my own time once I got back like the next day or, or so. And I got all the components out, separated them all into their individual houses each house having its own order tokens, its own units, um, separated them all, all six of them, and then all the miscellaneous ones, um, and labeled just some little sandwich baggies, plastic, yeah. um, like freezer bags. Because mm-hmm. they didn't give you, they, they don't supply bags for each no. thing. There's bags some, for cards. Some games do. Yes. will supply like multiple baggies. This one, there's management. Like, I mean, I wasn't expecting that, Right, I'll say. Um, but, like, there's no way of of organizing them right. once you put it back together. Yeah. There's, like, no plan for that. It's mm-hmm. literally just you throw everything in the box. Does um, it even come with a bag, like one bag to put everything in? It comes with bags for the units, mm-hmm. the, the um, plastic units. For each of those, there's there's a bag, and then there's – that's it. Yeah, and that's it. So there's a ton of tokens and stuff like that Tons. you have to manage. So. Tons. So I just put them in these little sandwich baggies and labeled the the house name on mm-hmm. each one. Um, and um, now when I if you if I go to replay it, I'll open it up and I can just hand a bag to whoever's playing what house that has all their units in it, and then I just got to deal the cards. Yeah. Um, so um, I feel like that makes sense for some of these like larger games with a lot of units, a lot of um, items. I did the same thing with my game of Twilight Imperium. I kind of just made the um, um, those games that have so many components with them. I have you. I have to self organize it to make right. it easier. Yeah. Um, and so I recommend doing that. Um, but yeah. Well, that was Game of Thrones. Did you have any other like last thoughts about it? No, I just, I really enjoyed playing it, and I was pleasantly surprised at how easy it was to play, how easy it was to get into, and how much fun it was, so I'm definitely looking forward to playing again. I need you, Ned. (laughs) I want you to run my kingdom while I eat, drink, and hole myself into an early grave. I think I lost it there. I had it for a minute, but I lost it. By the way... Mark Addy, I think, best cast actor on the show. Who? Robert Baratheon. Oh, uh, okay. I have not watched. I watched season every one. season once. Yeah, So sure. I have not gone back to the first season. 
I was a few seasons late. And sorry, we're wrapping this up. I swear. Um, <laughs> I was. I probably started watching the show about like maybe second or third season in. So, you know that we're on what season eight. Yeah. So it's been like years <laughs> <laughs> since I watched that first season. Yeah. So, well, go um, back and rewatch his scenes. He's a piece of garbage, and he does awful things. He's a terrible character. Um, by that I mean he is the character that he's designed to be. Right, right. Uh, but he's just awful. Um, but as far as the acting goes for it, Mark Addy, the actor, Brilliant. he is perfect. <laughs> he is perfect. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We had a really fun time playing Game of Thrones. This has been a long episode. I uh, hope uh, you're enjoying the final season. We'll see if any of our earlier predictions uh, come true. Uh, But thanks for listening. You can find uh, us and all of our stuff uh, at deadbird.rip. You want to handle the socials? Yes. Uh, We're also on Twitter. It's uh, deadbird.rip, at deadbird.rip, and on Instagram as deadbird.rip. Deadbird, R-I-P. The website, deadbird.rip. Thanks for listening. Thanks.